Father, we thank you, we bless you, we worship you because you're already in our midst. We want to thank you for the grace to come into your presence today. We want to thank you for this hour when we shall be sharing in the word. We give you all the glory. Holy Spirit, come. And open the heart of your people so that there will be an entrance of the word, that our lives will be illuminated, that we will not be the same again, that going forward we will be conscious of your mandate and we will go forth as people who have been authorized by you to do even the work of the ministry. Thank you, Lord, because today, when we are living here, we shall be changed. We shall be transformed. And we will be a people who showcase your kingdom and who bring glory and honor to you. We will be blessed, we know, for Lord, you are indeed a great God. We pray in Jesus' name. Good morning, congregation. I want to welcome you again to service today. Today, before we go on, I want to thank the church leadership who has chosen today for us to discuss this topic. Can we have that topic on the screen, please? So that... By the grace of God, we, our hearts will be prepared for where God is leading us. Our theme for this year we have been, the year is actually in the last, almost in the last quarter now, and we've been talking about it. But today, as part of this revival, we have to equip ourselves to go out and do what God will want us to do. 
Because God has asked us to ask of him the hidden, the hidden nations. And he promised to give to us for inheritance and the outermost parts of the earth for our possession. So I am grateful that today I am standing in our midst to be a vessel by the grace of God. Just a mouthpiece for God to tell us what he wants us to do. And how he wants us to go. Praise the Lord. So we are discussing today. Ask of me the hidden. Now. Our text today has been drawn from. From uh, mean, uh, Psalm 2 verse uh, 8. Can somebody get it quickly? Psalm 2 8. Okay? It must be the New King James Version that used the words the hidden. Most other versions talk about the nations. Okay? So nations that don't know God, particularly is being talked about, so the hidden. So let's look at the word hidden so that we will all be on the same page as we are talking about discussing this topic. Praise the Lord. The dictionary meaning says that the word hidden means or refers to a person who does not belong to a widely held religion. And in this context, actually they mention there, especially of Christian. Depending on who is reading, they also included Muslim, you know, Islam there. But in our context, the hidden, okay, is one who does not belong to this widely held religion of Christianity. Praise the Lord. Before the birth of Christ, hidden nations were mentioned in the Bible. And at that time, among the Jews, the hidden refers to anyone that was not of the Jews. Because it was the Jewish nation that embraced the Almighty God. Okay? But when Christ was revealed, after he has come and shown the way, we can now view a hidden as one who is not a Christian. So all Christian, all non-Christian people, the Bible is talking of them now as hidden. And God says we should ask him of them. And his promise is that when we ask earnestly, he's going to give them for, over to us for inheritance. Praise the Lord. So we will be looking at how we will ask. Because he said we should ask. In the course of this discussion, we will find out how we are going to ask God and how we are going to go about it. I want to make a distinction between the hidden and the unbeliever. Because there are people who go to church and actually you ask them which religion they say they are what? Christians. They may not be particularly in the you know, ordinary meaning of it, the people they are talking about. These people, they are classified as what? Unbelievers. They go to church, they even practice Christianity in different forms, but they have not given their life over to Christ as their Lord and Savior. So they are not born again. So those people, we call them unbelievers. But when we use the term hidden, these are people who do not believe in Jesus, and they don't believe in Christianity and they don't practice it. So we will make that distinction. So when we are saying, God has been, you know, asking us to the world around, even the people who go to church, but this particular time, he's interested in those who don't know Jesus at all, who has not been going to church, who do not practice Christianity. And God said we should ask for them, even them, and he promised to give us. Praise the Lord. I want, to, I want us to lay certain foundation that will help us as we enter this discussion. One of the points I want us to take note of is that Jesus Christ died for the whole world. True or false? In John, 16, in John 3, 16, that all of us know and quote, he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He so loved who? The world. The entire world. 
that he gave his son so that whoever believes in him will not perish. Whether we are in Nigeria, whether you are already going to church, or whether you have not even believed in Christ, if you now believe in him, you will not perish. But have. So that was the purpose for the death of Christ. Christ died for everybody who will care to hear this call, who will care to believe in him. Praise the Lord. So, and these include these hidden nations, the hidden people around us. Praise the Lord. The second point we will establish is that the gospel of the kingdom of God must be preached in all the world as a witness unto the nations before the end will come. If we look at Matthew 24, 14, that is what Jesus said. Okay? Say so this gospel, it will be preached in all the world. And all the world include those people we have not been going to for one reason or the other. There are reasons that along the line we have explored and found out why the people don't take the gospel to them. Okay? Even those people that in the midst of Christians and yet they don't hear the gospel. Even then, God is saying that this gospel has to reach them. Praise the Lord. Now, another point we have to, you know, put down is that, is what Jesus said. He said, and the other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, the other sheep, they are not of the fold, this fold we have already. I must also, um, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice. And there will be one, shall be one flock and one shepherd. John 10, 16. So, even God has another fold in the midst of those who have not already come to this salvation. And God is saying that wherever they are. And it is by the, on the offices of this world that me and you, that we have come into the fold. Remember initially, this salvation was in there with the Jews. But because God knows there will be those that the word of God, when it comes with power, will touch their hearts, that people will repent. People like us. We were once Gentiles. Do you know that? We were hidden nations. Even we. Before God moved the missionaries, missionaries, we know them, we call them, these are people that went on the unction of God. And when God said go, they went. And they went through all sorts of things. And they brought this word of salvation. And that's why both of us, we are now of the inheritance of the Jews. That is why now we are now Christians. And we can look at others as hidden. So, we, we are once hidden. Our forefathers, they did not know this God. They didn't know Jesus. But God has so helped us. That the word came to us who we are once hidden. And God has brought us into the fold. That is how also those hidden that remain. Who for one thing or the other. They have been shielded away. Veiled off from the saving gospel of Christ. God wants us to break through into their lives. Into their own places. Into their communities. So that they too can also be brought into this fold. So that we will have one shepherd. And all of us will be one flock of God. Praise the Lord. The last point as our foundation that I want us to know is that Jesus saved us. You know, we didn't save ourselves. It was on the mercies of God. Each of us will have our stories of how we came to become believers. I have my own story. And when I remember it, I just know that God loves me so much. He loves me. Go back and think of how you were saved. So Jesus saved us. And if you take note, if you can look back, you will know that God used people. Whether it was by tract, like me, somebody gave me a tract. That tract. The word of God had been going on around me. But somebody gave me a tract one day. I read that tract and it came to me with power and nobody was there. The word of God was it. We need. I knelt down and prayed and handed over my life to Christ. 
and I became born again. So it doesn't mean matter the way. Somebody was used. Unfortunately, that person that is used is no longer in this fold. And it hurts me. And I'm looking for a way to break through. But you see, God has to use somebody. And we were saved and reconciled. God just reconciled me and you to himself. And he handed over to us the ministry of reconciliation. I'd like somebody to get to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. And another person get to chapter 5 of the same 2 Corinthians, verse 18 and 19. I will start with the, uh, I mean, the 2 Corinthians 4 one. I'll read it. Therefore, somebody be ready to read the next one, so we'll save time. Therefore, since we have received this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Can I have somebody read for me? Chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. Is anybody there? Can I hear it from the congregation? From God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. 19. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Praise the Lord. Amen. You can see. I like the way, you know, New King James put that verse 18. He said, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. He's made peace. Not we. We were not the ones that reconciled. He brought us. He went forth and reconciled us. We would have been there wallowing in sin like many are wallowing today. So it's not even that we made so much effort. God went out for us and reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. And he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So the ministry we are talking about is what? Ministry of reconciliation. Calling people to Christ. And he said, and, that, and that, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Not imputing their sin. No longer counting their sins. He didn't count our sin anymore. He had love and mercy for us and compassion for our souls. And, you know, not imputing trespasses to them. And he has committed. What I, the word I'm looking for there, you know, when he say has given us, it's just like somebody gave you something. But he will say something is committed to you. You know it's a serious affair. And has committed to us the word of reconciliation, message of reconciliation, the good news of reconciliation, this gospel of salvation. God has given it to us. You know, he saved us, brought us in, and committed it to us, so that we go forth and do the work for him. Praise the Lord. So how are we going about to approach this? So now we see that God is counting on us to go to the hidden. The hidden nations. The other nations. You know? These people, many of them are around us, but they don't have Christ. This word is not there. People are afraid of going to them. And they are even not receptive many a time, depending on how people come. There's, I heard that some of them are also afraid of us. Praise the Lord. You know, and so they are there in their own ignorance. You know, not saved. But God is calling us today and is authorizing us and giving us what is required for us to break through into their camp. Praise the Lord. So how do we approach evangelizing the hidden nations? First of all, we have to prayerfully identify where God wants us. You don't just move out, you know. Evangelizing them. Along the line, we have learned, it's not just the same as trying to get those who go to church to become believers. Praise the Lord. Evangelizing them has to be taken seriously. You sit back and plan and know what to do. Praise the Lord. So you start by first of all praying. By God's grace we are already praying in the church because we have seen where God is leading us to for this, for this evangelical year. I want to put it that way. You know? Yeah. For this evangelical year. God knows how long it will last. But, you know, 
we have unction. We have direction. We are convinced that this is where God wants us to go. Praise the Lord. So you pray, we pray, and get ourselves ready. And get direction because we don't just move out like sheep without a shepherd. Praise the Lord. So in this chapel, by God's grace, we have been praying. And God is showing us go this way. We are starting from there. They are not the only ones. Venerable has mentioned that come this Saturday, we've already had some onslaughts there by the... I want to use the word onslaught. It's not like we're killing. Huh? Once because we are entering the camp of the enemy. So we've gone there, gone there, but we are going there all over again because that is the strategy as we will be seeing more of the strategy. Praise the Lord. So we are going to them to their settlement of there's a language we use, our brothers in the other faith. You know, you have to play, be wise. Use, uh, you know, as, uh, the way when you talk about it. So that people who have not yet been touched by Jesus will not uh, misunderstand you. So, we refer to them as our brothers in the other faith. They are brothers because some of them have come out and they are now in the fold. Praise the Lord. So, those are brothers in the other faith. We have to go to them. We'll start from one place and keep moving. Praise the Lord. So currently we are at New Artisan. So it's important to know that this is not, we don't take this lightly. You know, going there is not something we would take lightly. Why? Because they are coming in their masses. They go there and you just Have you ever been to that place? The one at uh, near Goshen. Have you gone to the one after Gariki? That place is a different world. When you enter it, I have not really entered, but somebody that have gone there for survey briefed me and I shuddered. When you enter there, you will know you are in Enugu. You will think you are in a Muslim state. You know what I mean? You know when we say Muslim... A play. You would think you are in an emirate or whatever. Which language now? It is not like Enugu. So, these people are here and God is prompting us to do something. Because if we don't do something, what will happen? They will convert our own people. Turn them to themselves. As they are already doing. When you go there, you see some women wearing hijab. And carrying things like them. Do you know they are Igbos? Some of them. They are marrying them. Whether they paid bride price or not is not important to them. They are living with them. And they are bearing children. So, don't take this business lightly. It's a serious affair. So, if we don't move, they will move ahead of us. God is asking us to do something now. And he's saying he will be with us. He said, if we ask for them, he's going to give them to us. Praise the Lord. So, that is why it's important. If they turn the people to themselves, the church will suffer loss. The church will go down, down, down. So, the question is, how? I remember when we were doing seminar, everybody is saying, you know, I've wanted to do, but how? How do I? I don't know. People share their own sentiments and their experiences. Even when people come, they don't know how, what to do. How? Is there anybody here who has felt like ministering to a Muslim, but he doesn't know how? Can you just wave your hand? So there are people, people here are not interested in Muslims, eh? Okay? So, a lot of people want to do it, but they don't know how to do it. That is what, they, what we came to realize. When we are doing trainings, seminars, you know, getting ourselves acquainted with what we ought to do. Praise the Lord. So there are different ways. People have tried different ways. People have gone to them in different ways. Okay? But as a people who are not completely in the field, we have to go simple way. We look for the simple formula. You say it's there a formula. We call it a formula because it's a guide. A simple guide on how to approach it. So we are borrowing from Eastern Guest Mission because they taught us, they trained us, they have been in the field. 
they came to give us insight into an area we don't have much information, knowledge about. And they gave us what we call the Paul's method. Paul's. P for prayer. U for understanding. L for love. S for strategy. And E for evangelism. Okay, so when you go pause, you will get there. Praise the Lord. So let's start with praying. There's no, if you don't pray, you will not have a breakthrough. You must start with praying. Anything we want to do in life, we have to pray. You know, if we are people of God. Okay? Not to talk of breaking into an enemy camp. So we will pray. We pray first of all, that God will give us a burden. Because for many of us, it's still a light thing. Some of us don't even understand what we are in for. Okay? When you have a burden for the souls of these ones, because they too, you know, when they are there, they think they are where it ought to be. Many of them think that they are where it ought to be. But if you think of Apostle Paul, do you know Apostle Paul that God used to take the gospel to the Gentile, to the hidden? To the Gentile nation. He was zealous. Overzealous. If, in fact, fanatical. For what he did not even understand. That is how some of them are. They are zealous. Overzealous. And even fanatical. But do you know that they can become like Apostle Paul? God can take hold of them. And they will be the people that will turn even the world, some other kind of walls, upside down, like Apostle Paul did. So, let's pray that God will give us a burden, burden for them, for their salvation. A burden that God will win their souls into the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us ask God to give us the souls of these people. You see, God has even asked us to ask. So, it is now, the task is for us to ask. Ask with burden. Ask with commitment. Ask with seriousness. Ask with readiness of heart. We've already seen it in Psalm, Psalm 2.8. It was our brother David who was talking prophetically. You know? And uh, now, it is relevant in our own generation. So, we will continue to ask and then we will ask God for direction. The way we went here today may not be the way we will go to another place. Do you know? You know in the days of the Israelites, he will lead them to battle. He will tell them to do it one way. Eh? Trust my brother David and even brother Jehoshaphat. They knew that God has his strategies. So, they don't just rely on we went this way. Eh? So every time, that is how. Because God understands the enemy and their cunnings and what they have, their weaponry. Okay? So if he tells us to go this way this time, next time he may tell us to go another way, use another strategy. So we will continue to ask, each time we are going out, we ask God to give us the direction on how to go. Praise the Lord. Are you taking note of these prayer points? We have to be taking note of because this is the direction, direction of our prayers. We will pray that God will send laborers into the field. This is a very serious one. So we won't just pray that God will send them. Huh? God, please send laborers to them. Where will God find the laborers? Is it not in our midst? Is God going to prepare them from heaven and like aliens, drop them? They... Just start entering the world. You know? Me and you. We are the potential laborers. Will you be made a laborer in the field? So pray that God will open your hearts. That you will be willing. That you can be one of those God will count on. God says he's committed to us this ministry of reconciliation. Pray that we have obedient hearts so that even we can be among the laborers that God will send into the field. Praise the Lord. Pray that God will put a yearning for salvation in the heart of these ones. You know? For me, I remember 
before God caught hold of me, a time came when things didn't matter. There was this hunger. You know, things, I would just, inside me, it was not enough anymore. I was church or so, if there's a word like that. Huh? I was a moralistic person. I was seriously going to church and practicing the things. But a time came, all that I was doing was not enough. There was an emptiness. And I was, I remember that time, one of my usual songs every time was, Just as I am without one plea, but that his blood was shed for me, and that Christ bids me come to Was always singing that song because I had an emptiness, a hunger. And I, inside me, I felt there was more that was needed, and I needed help before God sent me help. I used to sing, It is something most wonderful, almost too wonderful. That God's own Son should come from heaven and die to save a child like me. Brethren, I was singing it. I have not been caught. But that was the yearning. So, when God sent the word, even by tract, he caught me. Because he had prepared my heart. So, we can pray that God will Put a yearning for salvation. Let the status quo not be enough anymore in the heart of those that God is asking us to go to. So that when we go there, it will be a work already done. Praise the Lord. So make it one of your prayer points of this, for this targeted group. That God will open the hearts and remove the veil covering their spiritual eyes. From seeing Jesus for whom he is and believing in the gospel of salvation. You know, some people have a veil covering their eyes. I want us to read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 to 4. Can somebody get it quickly? Yes. yes. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. Mm -hmm. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious lights of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ. Who is the exact likeness of God? Praise the Lord. So there are two things that can veil or can make the hidden, the, these people, not to believe, not to have, you know, believe the gospel, not to, you know, reach out and accept the gospel. Two things from what we have read now. First is our lifestyle. Apostle Paul was talking about it. Our lifestyle is important as they are in our midst and as we meet them, transact with them. Some of them, of them work for us. Some of them, we, they are our customers. Some of them, we transact with them in one Some of them are in our vicinity. And they see us and we see them. What is our lifestyle? I have one that lives with me. I, from time to time when I talk with him, he said those days, you know, where they were, that the people there, that they, he, they, him and their people, they hated Christians. They had a hatred because they would go out, they would be womanizing, they would be drinking, they would be doing all sorts of things. 
they, not that they don't, because this is what we preach. Huh? Their own people, they do those things too. Although fanatics, some of them, they are pious. Okay? But he said that there was one man that lived around them. That they womanize. And they are Christians. So when they say, they say, hmm, look at this people. They think that the Christians are the worst people. Because of the lifestyle he saw. Definitely that man is not born again. But he goes to church. And that is the Christian they were seeing around him. And he made them have a hatred. Not just dislike, hatred. And they were ready to kill them. They were infidels as far as they were concerned. If there's any opportunity. So, what is our lifestyle? Does it showcase the kingdom of God beautiful? Nicely? We are the kingdom of God they see. They don't know Jesus. They have not seen him. If we say we are followers of Jesus, how we are living? Is it? Is that Jesus? If that is, we are not living right. That's how they see Jesus. Because we can't be true followers of him. And what they see is what they believe about our Jesus and about the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. So, when they see us as hypocrites, and according to the Bible, handling the word of God, I mean, walking in craftiness, or handling the word of God with deceit, deceitfulness, as infant today, people handle the word of God with deceit. And they think that people do not see. You know, the person that will see you better is somebody that is not in your midst. Just like us, as Christians. The people that are judging us, everything we do, are they unbelievers. Your sister may not even notice because you meet where you do, where you, you know, the ones you do are the things that are acceptable in the midst of the believers. And, but out there, the unbeliever sees you and he judges you. So, so also, these ones that have not come to our gospel, they are watching us. And some of them, somebody invites them to church. And they go there and do abracadabra. Sow seed and sow all, all sorts of things. They sow seed, sow plants, sow trees, sow everything. And they see their deceit. They trick people. Take their money. And they are living in affluence. When they know, they know that there is why you. They will see it. And they will reject the gospel. So, me and you, we have a responsibility. Part of our winning these souls is our lifestyle. We have to showcase the kingdom of God. Beautiful, you know, acceptable, honorable. One that people will reference. Praise the Lord. So, if the God of this world also has blinded their eyes, there are people who have blinded their eyes. Making them not to believe the gospel. You see it in the Bible. It says some of them, the God of this world. God is a small G-O-D. Huh? This God that rules the world now. You know that a spirit that is ruling the world. Many of them, their eyes, many people's eyes are blinded. They are putting their faith in so many things. They are following so many role models. Many of them are Satanists. They go and Satan instructs them, they come out and they are showcasing it. And there are people they are following. Following in Twitter, following in Facebook, following all those social media. All sorts of things. With that, he blinds their eyes. Making them not to believe the gospel. Let the light of the gospel of glory of Christ shine on them. So, there are two things. One is in our hand. We can do something. The other one, we will have to pray. The first one, we have to make effort to get our lifestyles right. Second one is by prayer. Warfare, spiritual warfare. Okay? That God will take away the veil that the enemy puts on their eyes. So that when the word of God comes to them, it will come with them with power. It will have penetrance into their hearts and soul. Praise the Lord. So, that is for P and prayer. For you that is understanding, 
we have to look at it in two parts. First of all, you that is being asked to go, that wants to go to the enemy camp, to the other camp, to spread the gospel, preach. Do you understand Jesus who you want to go and preach? <laughs> if you don't understand, they will floor you. Many of them read the Bible for the purpose of understanding so that they will know what we are doing. And when you come there, they will quote a scripture for you and throw you off. So, do you understand Jesus whom you profess? Colossians 1, 15-20 It's explained there. All that Jesus Christ is, who he is, you can put it down. For a want of time, we may not go reading the details. But everything who Jesus Christ, in case we don't know, look at it. You have to understand who you want to preach. Has he become your Lord and Savior? Because that is when the word will be strong in your mouth. Huh? So you don't go there and say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preached. You remember those sons of Sceva? They have not known Christ. They don't even understand it. They went there doing gym gym because they saw Apostle Paul. Probably they have been in the multitude, those that followed around, and they saw all that. Have, are you in the multitude seeing what God can do with people who have submitted to him so that the enemy will not deal with you the way he dealt with sons of Sceva. So you need to know Jesus. Let it not be in the name of Christ whom Paul preached. Let it be in the name of Jesus who is your Lord and Savior. Praise the Lord. You need to understand his sonship because our friends are interested in this sonship. How you can say that Jesus is the son of God. You need to enground yourself with it. No, you need to know how Jesus became the son of God. Praise the Lord. Because they will tell you. How can you say he's the son of God? Do you mean that God married? For them, that's an abomination. To say that God got married. They will ask you. We'll learn along the way. Okay? So, do you mean that God got married? Did he marry Mary that was the mother of Christ? They will ask you this question. So you yourself have to understand that you have to understand that God spoke the word through his angel. The word became flesh. I mean, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that word became flesh in the womb of Virgin Mary. And she gave birth to the Son of God. Luke 1, 26 to 38, John, corroborated by John 1, 1 to 3, that says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that, made, that was made. So, you see, He was there with God, the Word. Okay? Praise the Lord. You also have to understand in the second part of it, the culture religion and ideologies of the people you want to go. Because if you don't get yourself acquainted with this, you go there and break their rules. You don't know their do's and don't do's. Huh? Uh-huh. Now we are getting to understand because the church as a whole is encouraged to go. You know, go for this assignment. So we need to uh, understand now that we have to go to them in simplicity. We've had seminars in this church, Right? We, we invited people as outreach committee we've had but what we saw and what we learned we felt that the whole church needs to know and we've organized seminars if you are not there you can still come around before we go anytime we'll brief people what to do praise the Lord so we have to go simple our dressing code has to be acceptable okay don't go dressing like people how people dress around the world around the Please, huh? We have to dress similar to them so that we will be, you have to be acceptable before your word will be accepted, isn't it? So, women, especially, you have to dress in a way that covers your body, flowing if possible, okay? Flowing clothes as much as possible. Men should not work with women. 
That is their own. So when we go, men, please work with men. Women go in company of women. They have their interpretation different. And for them it's abomination. If a man is walking around with a woman, they interpret it different way. So you will see why we are going to keep all this. You will see why we will obey all this. You will see why must we obey their own way, style of life. Why must we do it their way? You will see how, why we must do that. So, you will take note of certain ideologies and be careful of what you say concerning their leaders, their prophets, and their Quran. Don't just be flypants talking anyhow. Hmm? Let God, let the word of God be the one talking. Praise the Lord. Even how we carry the Bible. <laughs> it's a serious affair. We learn that you don't put the Bible on the ground or put it in your armpit. For them, you are desecrating. If you are desecrating your word of God, why, are, why would they believe in it? So when you go, carry it well with reference. Praise the Lord. So, I want us to consider 1 Corinthians 9, 19-23. Because of time, I'm going to read it. Even though I am a free man, this is Apostle Paul, in the field, telling us his experience and the things he had to do to break through. Even though I'm a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 19 to 23. I want you to take note of it so you read it through and through. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under the law. Even though I'm not subject to the law, I did so. So I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles, I do not follow the Jewish law. I too live apart from the law, so I could bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. Inasmuch as we do these things, we make sure we are not going contrary to the will of God. Praise the Lord. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone. Doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to, save, to spread the good news and share in the blessings. So, in New King James Version, the slogan is, All things for all men. But for us now, all things for our brethren in the other faith. Praise the Lord. So we do everything bearing in mind, making sure, so long as it's not contrary to the will of God, okay, let us do it so that we can have an access to the soul of these ones. Love is the next thing. We have to go with attitude of love. Let's not go and hate them, displaying hatred or, or dislike or doing as if they are irritating us. Don't mind about the environment. Don't mind it. Paul had to mingle with anybody and anyone so that they can come to Christ. When we go there, even if the place is not so wonderful, we still move on. We still go through. We still pass through there. Sometimes we go with sanitation things. We go and clean up. You know, as we are doing that, we also go with the gospel. So, and whenever we have opportunity to help, please let's do that. It wins their soul. It makes them know that we are not as bad as they thought. Praise the Lord. And then we have to strategize. We have to look at our strategy. This includes all we are already talking about. The strategy. You know we've talked about a lot of things already. Okay? And then more things. Okay? We may choose the method of evangelism that suits wherever we are going. We may decide to go one-on-one -on -one, like we've been doing. We'll go there. You know, we disperse in their midst. You engage them one-on-one. -on -one. It's preferred to engage one person at a time than a group of persons. There's a reason. They watch over each other. Even if the word of God is appealing to one, because of those around them, they will not accept. Because when any of them sees that one is being, you know, going soft, they will be marking that one. They live a communion life. They are watching one another for their religion. So, engage them one-on-one -on -one so that everybody takes responsibility. Not a group, you know, deciding what one person will do. So that's why we advise to, wherever we go, even find a way of singling somebody out. 
approach them one person at a time. Praise the Lord. We might go with film show in November. We're going to have a long, a weekend program. So we'll go with all sorts, you know, including um, medical outreach, welfare packages, all sorts, so that we will win them. Anything to gain access that they may come to the kingdom of our Lord Jesus. Avoid arguments when we go there. Don't enter into arguments. You will get into trouble. Okay? If they want to argue and they tell you, uh, what do you think about her? Tell them to tell you about what? About their own. Huh? If they ask you about their prophet and deal, tell them that you want to know more about him. Give them time. Let them tell you about their prophet. When they finish, you tell them about your Savior. About the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So, uh, we've said all this. And then we have to evangelize. That's the last. But that is what we have to do. Different ways. Word of mouth. When we go, we engage them one-on-one. You talk to them. You tell them about You can use tracks. They will, from time to time, there may be places that tracks will be appropriate. Other times, it may not be appropriate. In some places, what will be good will be books of the gospel. Like book of John, you know, gospel according to maybe some Mark. And some books are there. They, when they read it, they like to read small, small portions. Instead of just giving the whole Bible, you know, there you go, small, small. Praise the Lord. Then they also have available things that we've seen that are available that can be used. Audio messages and audio Bible. Hmm? My brother lives with me. He always has that in his phone. Every time the Bible will be reciting. It's a very good one. For me, Seth, I want to put it so that you'll be reminded. You know, they'll just mention the gospel according to John. And it's 1 Corinthians 1, chapter 1. It will start. When it's God talking, they will change the voice. They will just be as if you're there. Okay? They have all this and they are available. And when we are going by the grace of God, we will use the ones we can find and what is appropriate for the environment we are going. What should be our message? What message are we going with? 1 Corinthians 4, 5. 1 Corinthians 1, 22 to 24. And Mark 24, 13. These are the message. Okay? Now, the message is that Jesus came and died for our sin. Anything. Don't go there telling them about yourself. How he transported you from your poverty to your riches. Please. That's not the gospel. Time might come when you will share testimony. But the gospel is not about you. It's about who? Jesus. That he was buried. But he rose after the third day. And he will come again to receive those who believe in him. And serve him in righteousness. Enduring to the end. Praise the Lord. That's our message. That's the message we are going to. Okay? We are going with. Then, as God is going to, we know that when we go, God is going to give fruits. Because it's not by our power or by might. It's by the Spirit of God. And God just said go. So when we go, God will do his own. And there's going to be people who will yield to Christ. So, and there will be another task. As people repent from our brothers in the other faith, what do we do with them? We have to follow them up. It's a very important aspect. Because we can't give birth to children and allow them to frizzle off. Okay? Our experience in the past has shown us that this area we have to strengthen it. So we must then gather and consolidate the harvest of souls through planned follow-up. It has to be planned. This time we're not just going to go and come and we have nothing to show for it. We have to plan how to follow up them, follow them up by ourselves as well as with the collaboration and cooperation of some other brethren in the field. There are people who are in that field, who are in that ministry, who are closer to them. So we're going to engage them by the grace of God so that where we cannot reach, they will reach. Those we cannot find, they will help us find them. Praise the Lord. So with this we have come to understand that we cannot just go, go rejoicing and go home. We have to go and go and go again and again. You know, this is how it is with them. Because it takes time to bring them out from where they are already existing. 
to translate them into the kind of world that you know we are bringing to them. So we will succeed when we go repeatedly, persistently, persevering with our evangelistic efforts. Is there any benefit? Is God just going to use us after using us? He will dump us. You know God doesn't do that. God is a good husbandman. God is a good employer. When God engages you, count yourself lucky. I can tell you. I can tell you. Okay? If God engages you, if you are ready and you volunteer yourself, you open your heart, you are willing and you make yourself available. Count yourself lucky because God always pays. He always rewards. You will not even be the one telling him, this is God, do it this way or that way. When the rewards come, when the benefits come, you will just know that God has remembered you. Praise the Lord. So, Proverbs 11.30 says that they that win so are wise. And Daniel 12.30 says, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Do you understand there? He said, God will make you a star. Like a star. So we will be stars, heavenly stars, not like the worldly stars that fade any moment. One moment they are the ones they are hailing. The next time. Some of them are still alive, but they've been forgotten. Some of those stars that reigned. Some of them are still living. Okay? Some of them died like chicken. Time will fail me to tell you about some that we have encountered. But they die like chicken. Praise the Lord. So, the star that will remain, that will endure forever, is a star for Jesus. A heavenly star. God will not relegate you to background. Praise the Lord. Count all these believers, these people that God used to move among nations. Is there any of them that died like chicken? They died knowing they have a crown of life. And they are being remembered today for the work they have done in the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. God will empower you, empower us with signs, wonders, and miraculouses when we go out. Mark, how do I know? God says so in Mark 16, 17 to 18. Acts 4, 4 to 8. He says he will, you know, give us, we'll be able to do signs and wonders. Now, he promised us that he will be with us when we go preaching the gospel. Matthew 28, 28 20b. We shall have joy and fulfillment. When we go spreading the gospel, First Thessalonians two nineteen to twenty. Whosoever shall ask, whatsoever we shall ask in Christ, in the name of Christ, it shall be done to us. When we have gone bearing fruit, Jesus said it in John fifteen sixteen that we can now ask whatever we will, and in His name, and the Father will do it for us. So, see. We have an open check there. Jesus will never deny us. If you go professing the name of Christ, he won't deny you. When the chiefs are down, he will come to you. I'm not just saying for in the world to come. Even now, Jesus will not deny you. When you see yourself in a difficult position, hang on with him. He will come to you. Praise the Lord. But he said that when we don't deny him, we profess him amongst men. You know, that he will recommend us before the Father in heaven. According to Matthew 10, verse 32. So, will you be among the laborers in the vineyard? Are you going to ask that the Lord will give you you, I'm asking. I'm asking for myself. I'm asking God to give me. That he will give to us as inheritance for the kingdom of God. Ask. Make yourself available. But what of you? Have you been born again? Are you part of the kingdom of God? You know, we don't take things for granted. We use every opportunity to implore us, implore every man, every woman to be reconciled with God. And this is an opportunity. 
In case you've been going to church, coming to church, doing evil Christian work and charity work, philanthropic things. If you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you don't even qualify. Your work will not be acceptable. Even if you come join a hundred times, you will not have good reward because first of all, you are not a member of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Please, let's be in, a mood, uh, in a, an attitude of prayer. Let's be in mood of prayer now. I want us, don't look at me, please. Just meditate. Look through your own life. If Jesus comes for his people, will he call you among his people? Will he call me among his people? How far in the journey? Some of the seed fell among thorns. And they grew, they sprouted, they looked fine, but along the line, they got choked up with tongues, tongues. The thing is happening around the world, have they swallowed the salvation that you once got? Is your faith choked, choked up by difficulties, challenges? God is giving us another opportunity to reinstate yourself with God. Come back to the kingdom. Because God is saying that this is the seal. He knows those that are his own. Those that belong to him. So ask yourself, search yourself. Do you belong to God? Now. Or did you belong to him once but you've gone your own way? He's willing and ready to bring us back. Start praying for yourself. If you have not taken that bold step to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have the opportunity now. Knowing the times, you should not hesitate. Knowing the times we are in now, don't delay, don't even hesitate. Place your right hand on your chest if you are making a decision for Christ, for his kingdom. Or if you are coming back to him, having derailed along the line. And our chaplain will pray for you. All that come to me, I will in no wise cast out. If you do not have the witness of the Spirit of God, as clear as you know your name, that you belong to him, then you are not yet born again. You put your hand on your chest, just as you have asked, as you're coming back, and repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you, because you died for me on the cross of Calvary. I know I'm a sinner. I have lived my own way. This morning, I return to you. With all my heart, I check you. I repent from my sin and my sinful ways. And I accept you into my life. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my past sins and of my life. Live outside your will. Make me your child and give me a new heart. Thank you for answering me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer, just raise your hand where you are. If you pray that prayer sincerely, putting your hand on your chest, just raise your hand where you are. All to Jesus surrender all to him I freely give you can come nearer I will ever love and praise him his 
As many as receive you, you give them the power to become your children who were born not of flesh, not of blood, not of the will of man, but by your power. Lord, as this one stands here, according to your word, let all things pass away. Let all things become new. Let there be a newness in his life. Let joy flood his spirit. Let peace garrison round about him. Give him the spirit as a witness that he belongs to you. And use him for your glory, for your kingdom, and for your sake. Equip him even to live for you today and the rest of the days of his life. In Jesus' name we pray. Sure, 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 sure.